as long as you can keep your mind focused and calm on on the goal and that's being in the present moment and having fun and playing the game and winning, then um, you'd be better off. Up Basketball is proud to bring you Mental Buckets, a show about professionals in sports, the stories behind their careers, and the mental toughness needed to get to the next level. This podcast is sponsored by Up Basketball. Through basketball, we strive to develop hardworking and mentally tough individuals who understand their potential is unlimited. For more information on our basketball skills training, check out our website, upbtraining.com. And I'm Packy Turner, player development coach and co-founder of Up Basketball. And I'm Mike Franco, the mental skills coach with the Dallas Mavericks and Texas Legends. Welcome to the season finale of Mental Buckets. I'm very excited to have on Aaron Gordon today. I've been working with Aaron Gordon for about five to six years now. And I've always known that Aaron was different because he is dedicated to growing as a human, not only on the court physically and mentally, but off the court as well. The first time I worked with him, I think he was 19 years old. And actually, Graham Betchart, who you're going to hear a lot about today, brought him to Holy Names University to work out with me. It was his first workout of the offseason. He had taken a month off with no hoops just to allow his body and mind to recover. We worked extremely hard, and five minutes into the workout, he said, when can we do this again? And just his eagerness and his hunger to get better, I could feel it, and it drove me to really, I think, make me the best version of myself as well. At the end of the workout, he said, can we go again tomorrow? This was an evening workout, and I said, yeah, we could go at 6 a.m. He said, great, can I stay with you? And so I called my wife, and I said, hey, you might need to run to the store and get some more eggs. Aaron Gordon's going to crash on our twin bed in the spare room. That's just one example of how willing Aaron is to do whatever it takes to get better, to put in the work. That first off-season together, we did two-a-days, six days a week. I'm really looking forward to all of you to have the opportunity to get to know Aaron a little bit deeper and like Mike and I know him. In the conversation, we mentioned Graham Betchard a lot. Graham is someone who has tied us all together. He's a mental performance coach in the Bay Area. And myself, Packy, and Aaron have known him for years, and he's had a great impact on our lives in many different ways. And we also talk about how the benefits of meditation Aaron learned at a young age has come into play, what he's learned from meditation throughout the years, and we touch on some things about training your mind. So please remember to share this episode, download, leave a review, and hit that subscribe button. First off, how uh, how's your body feeling, and how are you doing since you've uh, left the left the bubble? Uh, body's feeling better. You know, it took a while for my hamstring to actually get better. Like I'm still feeling the effects of that, but it's starting to feel better day by day. I'm getting back in the gym a little bit, even there. Uh, I got to do a little bit more stretching, but ultimately my body feels good. Um, you know, I wish we were still playing. You know, like any competitor would. What has this year been like for you? Like 2020, how has that been for you? And uh, how have you been dealing with just like everything going on? I know I'm not alone when I say this has been the craziest year in recent history. And this has just been wild from top to bottom from an emotional standpoint, from a physical standpoint, uh, from a, a relationship standpoint, from an occupational standpoint. It's just been so helter skelter and so hectic. It was the that's the longest NBA season of all time. You know, you know, it's like a basically it's basically a year long NBA season. You know, we started last September, 
for um, yeah the end of September in training camp October beginning of October and um, you know they're finishing out in the end of September early October so it was like a, a whole year you know we had that that, that break in the middle um, and uh, yeah it, it was just a uh, it was interesting man you had to really be able to adapt and, and adjust especially with um, you know, all the just kind of tragedy and travesty that was happening um, throughout the year. Yeah. And it's a lot, it's a lot that can just weigh on you. What, um, is there anything you do to, to kind of help clear your mind of that and alleviate it? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I like to write, you know, I try to write, get my, my thoughts down on paper. Um, the meditation, you know, I haven't been doing that as much lately, but that's a big part of my life. Um, and then just finding ways I can give back and uh, be that uh, that philanthropist, uh, beneficiary. Um, and, uh, you know, whether it be my time or, or something more monetary, you know, I just try and look for little things that, um, alleviate suffering in other people's lives and uh, be grateful every day. Um, and, and that kind of lightens the load a little bit, but it, it's been heavy, man. It's been heavy. Uh, it's, it's around the NBA, you know, it's just it's heavy with Kobe, you know, so that just put a, a, a burden on everybody's on plate in the league, and let alone the rest of the world. And then, you know, you got coronavirus, you know, guys' families are being affected. Um, you know, cat uh, lost his mom. Um, you know, other people are, are going down. So, and then with all, all of the um, social reform and, and social discrepancies going on in society are becoming more and more prevalent each day. You know, with, uh, with social media and um, just the accessibility of footage of how black men are being mistreated, black men and women are being mistreated in this world. And so you, you tie all that in and it's a, a cocktail of um, just, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow, man. And it's not one that you want to. And uh, it makes it really difficult to focus on, you know, what, what, you're, what your goal is, what you're trying to accomplish in this world. And, uh, you know, that's uh, the reason why I started meditating so young is because although when I was younger, the world didn't seem so harsh, it didn't seem so cruel, uh, I knew that at some point in time, uh, the world was going to, you know, um, really show what it means uh, to be a, a flawed human being and, and have human beings be flawed. So uh, I'm glad I got ahead, ahead of the curve. I'm just looking to help other people and uh, keep their nose above water. Aaron, you mentioned giving back and you've, I know you've given back in multiple ways, but what are some ways that you've recently given back to whether it's the Bay area, Orlando or other places? What, what type of programs have you been involved in? Oh, uh, we've been uh, involved with the, uh, you know, my mine and my mom's program, uh, code Orlando. Uh, and that's a coding program out here, uh, that we created, uh, that ties us into uh, Valencia College, uh, Full Sail, EA, 
at Disney and we're just going around uh, the community of uh, Orlando from uh, kids inside the Orange County School District who probably wouldn't get a fair shot if it wasn't for us. So we're, we're looking out for them and, and you know, explaining to them that you don't have to be a rapper, you don't have to be a ball player to make millions of dollars and live a, a comfortable lifestyle. You know, you can be uh, in corporate America, you can be a computer scientist and still be a baller and uh, still be a boss. And um, I thought that was uh, really important, man, because, uh, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in education reform. You know, obviously that's a, a big part of social justice. I think it's uh, the educational reform, uh, the police reform, uh, and then there's one more that I'm that I'm missing. Um, police reform, police reform, prison reform, and education reform are three huge uh, areas in which change needs to occur. And um, I'm I cho- I'm choosing to tackle the educational reform. I don't necessarily believe people are born racist. You know, I don't I don't believe people are born prejudiced. I believe that it's a matter of who taught them. And uh, if we can slowly change how people uh, think and the thought process of the youth, and I think over uh, some time, then people will be more educated and more aware and more empathetic and more compassionate. Uh, so that that's a big part of uh, my uh, philanthropy. And, um, you know, I'm also working with my new red shoes, uh, still giving back shoes, uh, a code 2040, um, and then, uh, yeah, just, you know, when the protests were out here in Orlando, just being out here, uh, being out there in the streets, you know, seeing what the hell was going on. Yeah, one thing that I think, you know, people definitely don't see is how much you put into that. Like last summer, um, we had just gotten back from China and Dakota Orlando stuff was going on. And we had been traveling for like 36 hours, it felt like touchdown in Orlando and it's like 7 a.m. and you go straight to an event. Uh, I know Jordan and I were tapping out. We were, we, we went to the house to sleep, but you went to go take care of this because it's so, like it means so much to you. And your mom's put a ton of work into it too. So it's cool to see just like how much you really care and you're not just giving, like you said, it's not just monetary. You're really out there doing it and, and with these kids and helping them with this stuff. So that it's, I don't think people see like or knew that you had just come off such a long trip or that you were doing things like that. So it's cool to see that. And I think uh, everyone appreciates you out there in Orlando for sure and in the Bay. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think it's just really important, fact, and, and you know, and, and um, I think uh, the, the longer we do it, the more recognition that we'll get. Uh, obviously, we don't do it for the recognition, but, you know, the more eyes that we have on it, uh, hopefully more people follow suit. Exactly. Yeah. So let's let's bring it back a little bit. Let's get back to uh, to the young AG days. When uh, when did you, um, in your mind, want to become a basketball player? When did that happen? And and then when did you feel like oh this is really happening? Man, <laughs> young AG days. Um, let's see. My my pops played ball. San Diego State and then played um, professionally in Mexico and then you know Drew played ball Lee's played ball my brother and older sister they played ball so 
this is a basketball family. You know, we played other sports. We played ice hockey. Um, we played, I played football. I played soccer. Pretty much baseball was the only thing I didn't play. Um, and I think right around, like, I, I remember dribbling the ball in kindergarten, you know, and, like, lifting my leg and, like, patting the ball back back and forth, like, under my leg, you know. But it, it wasn't by any means, like, handling it, you know what I'm saying. But I just – I, I love the game, man, from a young age, from, like, first grade to third grade. And then once I got to about third grade, once I got to third grade, I started playing up. I started playing with the fifth graders. Um, and then so on and so forth. Fourth grade, I played with sixth graders. Sixth grade, I played with seventh graders. And then once I got to sixth grade, I played with my own uh, age group for the first time. And um, once I got to play against other people my age, I was like, oh, shit, I might, I might be lead, man. Like, I might be straight. <laughs> oh, the first game in uh, middle school, the score was uh, 31 to 29. And uh, I had 29 points. The other team had 29 points. And then Tajay, my best friend, had two points for the win. You know, so, so I was like, okay, I might be able to do something here. What, what was the basketball scene like in the Bay Area growing up, especially when it started getting serious and you know maybe you get into high school? What What is that all like? You had to go to first goal. You had to get a, go to Oakland to get run. And anytime you went there, the games were cracking. Uh, like Oakland has ballers, Frisco has ballers, and so that's why I was always going up north because South Bay was not getting it done. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> you had you had big goals though when you got into high school. Like you wanted to achieve a lot of things. I mean, you were trying to win state with Mitty with TK. Um, you know, you had you had personal goals that you wanted to achieve and there was always you know your class your class was solid um on a national level so what was that like that process going through that and how did you how did you manage all that oh it was really dope man just having um the supporting cast around me i think that's really what uh allowed me to focus on on uh, my passion for the game you know uh, Drew had already gone through MIDI, and Elise had already gone through MIDI too. Uh, so by the time I got here, they were like, "Oh damn, another Gordon! Oh shit, we in for some trouble." Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> I, was, I was already walking on there, like um, you know, just kind of with a legacy that they had left for me, and and that gave me that that kind of head start. That kind of gave me that boost, you know. Um, I got to walk the path that they had created, and I'm appreciative every single day for that. I, I want to go back real quick to we talked about meditation a little bit in the beginning. You mentioned it, and it's been pretty well known. You've been doing that for a while. What was it like as a kid learning to meditate? Because you started in high school, I believe. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And, and what was that experience uh, like when you first started doing it? It was great. It was calming. Uh, it cured a lot of my anxiety. Um, I got to uh, expand my imagination and put my body in places that weren't where, you know, I got, I got to get outside of my mind and get outside of my body. Um, you know, whether I was in like a tough spot, I could meditate and put myself in a field of clouds or put myself on, on a, a lake or a river that's tranquil uh, with no ripples. Uh, 
um, just, you know, just emptiness, you know? So, uh, the mind is just extremely powerful. Uh, I always knew that as you get up in levels in basketball, it come, becomes less about the physicality and more about the mentality. And, um, I jumped on that, you know, I met Graham, uh, Graham Betchart and, you know, he introduced me to a lot of Eastern philosophy and, uh, in basketball philosophy and uh, just a beautiful thing. I took it and ran with it. Yeah. I mean, Graham is definitely someone that connects all of us. I think we've all been connected through Graham. He's all taught us a lot. I want to know from you as a basketball player, as someone who might, let's say someone's listening, has no experience with meditation, doesn't know how it connects to basketball. How does meditation help you on the court? Because usually more than, more than often or more than not, um, the uh, more level-headed, uh, practical, uh, emotionless person wins. You know, every once in a while, uh, emotion is incredible. You know, to you know, get your team fired up or to express you know your love and your passion for the game. But sometimes your emotions get the best of you. Whether uh, that causes causes you to get a tech. You know what I mean? Say somebody fouls you hard and you get a tech. I get kicked out of the game um, or you bark at the refs and you miss an assignment on defense because you're still thinking about the refs. Uh, like, uh, take this for example, the Warriors and Cleveland, uh, the year that Bron, Bron won it. So they had the game won basically. And then LeBron, he stepped over Draymond. And if Draymond had just let him step over, I think they would have won the entire series. But Draymond let the emotions get the best of him, and he retaliated and punched Brown in the nuts. Once he punched Brown in the nuts, he got ejected, right? He got suspended and ejected, and then he had to sit out a game or something like that. Yep. And it's just little, it's just little things like that. They add up, and, um, you know, they, they affect the game. You know? um, so as long as you can keep your mind focused and calm on, on the goal, and that's, being in the present moment and having fun and playing the game and winning, then um, you'd be better off. When you were coming out of high school and now you're, you're at Arizona, it's your freshman year, uh, tons of pros on that team. What was that year for you? How did that help you for the NBA? I mean, I, I still think if you were allowed to, you probably could have gone straight out of high school to the league. Um, you were just a, a grown man already, man. Like you've just had a, a different motor, a different level. But you're at Arizona. What was that year like for you? Pack, I think I could have went out of high school too, man. I was pissed when they changed that rule. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I was so mad. It was like my sophomore year, and then I, I heard that yeah, you got to go one year. And I was like, man, what the hell? It's, it's putting a um, a little curve in it. So and then. Come senior year, you know, it was kind of just like pick, point, and choose. You know, what was the best fit? Arizona had all them soldiers on it, um, plus people from the Bay. Um, had TJ TJ McConnell at the point, and uh, it just taught me how to play with other good other pros. You know, still how to be make yourself effective, uh, how to be a, a part of a team, and and a, a collective goal. So there's a lot of good players on that team, man. And um, I love Arizona for the time that I was there. I was thinking about coming back, but they said I was top 
10. So they're like, man, you might as well just get up out of here. When you get drafted and you get out to Orlando, what was that like for you? Because you were still, I mean, young. I don't think people realize how young you were even after one year in college. Most guys are 20 yeah. after one year. You're you're still 18, right? Yeah, I was still 18. So it was wild, bro. It was really wild. Um, I was just, uh, I went from being a man amongst boys to being a boy amongst men. Quick. Really quick. You know, I always tell the story, like, after some of the first uh, training, cramp, training camp practices, I, I would went to uh, my vet, Willie Green, who is uh, with the Warriors now. And I was like, yo, Willie, what's up? You, you trying to come over to my house? You want to play some video games? Or what you want to do? He's like, bro, I got kids. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I got to go pick my kids up from school. Like, I'm not, I, we're, not, we're not hanging out, bro. And I was like, oh, damn. So I got to, like, readjust. I felt like I was really out here on my own. Um, and, and just trying to figure it out, you know, I umpteen miles away from the West Coast, you know, and, you know, I'm a Cali kid by heart. Um, but Orlando had that, had that same cozy vibe. They had that, had that love for me. And when I got here, you know, they show love, um, and they still show love. And, uh, you know, it's been a good fit. It's taken us five years to get to the, or taking me and us five years to get to the playoffs, um, six years playoffs. And, and now we're a team that's in the playoffs, uh, every year. So we've gotten better. Um, and we're going to continue to get better. And, um, you know, it's it's a uh, it's been a, a hell of a journey. It's been, it's gone quick already. It's six years already. It's flying by. Thanks. In those so, early years, I'm curious. You know, someone young coming into the league, 18, like you said, huge adjustment. Who were some people you leaned on in those early years to kind of get you get you going, help you out with things, just get you adjusted? Maybe it's someone uh, in the locker room, or maybe it's like you know friends and family off the court. How did who helped you the most in that adjustment? You know, Graham really helped me in that adjustment, man. He really did. You know, just keeping me level headed. Uh, a kid out here with, um, I mean, just the world at your fingertips. You know, just kind of reeling that back in and, and staying even keeled. Graham really helped me. Um, and then I was relying on my on my teammates. Uh, you know, the guys that I came in with, uh, Elvin Payton and Devin Marble, my rookies, um, with me. Um, and then Channing Fry got in. And I leaned on Channing Fry, who's hilarious. You know, he's a he's an Arizona Wildcat too. Um, Tobias Harris, you know, he uh, he talked to me a little bit and um, made sure that we were good. But really. You know, these, these guys saw a kid coming out of San Jose, out of Arizona. They didn't know what to expect. You know, it was just uh, some kid that, you know, was out here out here doing it. They didn't really know much about me. Um, but they really toughened me up. And um, it was just beautiful growing up and, and being raised in, in this league and in this culture, you know, learning the ins and outs of the business and how cutthroat the business is and then how cutthroat – uh, the locker rooms can be, and, and just out there on the court, man. There's there's some there's some real boys out there, man. Firsthand, we've I've kind of been able to see some of the stuff with you of of how the league operates, and that first off season that we were getting after it. One, um, what was so interesting to me is how you just from the jump set your 
you set your goals and you go for it. Like you told me you wanted to be a polished guard. Like we were developing the shot. We're working on the handle. We're changing some things because you knew you were going to be on the perimeter more this year and you saw it before they even said it. Um, but two, we were, you know, we were doing two a days, six days a week and you were that focused on your craft and getting to that level. But when that draft was going on that year, you know, we're like, all right, let's see who they're going to draft and you're going to take a nap and then we're going to go back for our next workout. And I'll never forget, we see them draft Sabonis, you're like, okay, all right, I'm going to go take my nap now. And then, you know, we get a Woj bomb and there's a trade. And then, and then you're getting a phone call and it's like, you know, what it was, it was Frank, it was Scott, somebody else on that call. And it was just like, hey, we're moving you to the three, Vic, Vic's out. Like, and that was just the business of it. And just that yeah. quickly, you're kind of thrusted into uh, a whole new position and, and role. Um, and how did you, what was that like for you in that moment? Cause I remember what it felt like for me, but you know, it's different when it was you. It was dope, man. Just being able to, you know, expand, um, and kind of get a chance to handle the ball a little bit more. Um, but it was, it was tough knowing that I was, we were missing Vic in that, that we had traded Vic. Um, that wasn't it. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't it. Uh, that wasn't it. Uh, Vic was a hell of a ball player and, uh, I don't know. It was, it was a, a call from the front office. You can't do nothing about that. You just got to figure out where to go now and and, and keep doing your job. And uh, so that's all I was looking to do. Uh, I thought that year we had a, a really good chance to be good. Um, I think I ruptured two tendons coming into the training camp, and it it just blew. You know, it blew a lot of the beginning parts of the season. Um, but yeah, all that all that work that we put in, some six days a week. They're still gonna manifest, and you know, I, I want to play uh, twelve more years oh, yeah. uh, in this league. You know, I want to play twelve, thirteen, thirteen more years in this league. Twelve more years, I don't know. Dude, God give glory, all the glory to God. You know, if I'm able to do that, and um, those those times, those those moments that we were in the Santa Barbara, those moments we were in Shanghai, in Fuzhou, um, in Guangzhou. You know, working, uh, yeah, holding names, uh, those are going to pay off. You know, those are going to continue to show themselves uh, when I least expect it. And, but I'm so appreciative that we've taken this journey and we continue to keep getting better with each other. It's been a fun journey, man. It's been a fun journey. And, and you know, shit, the, the other story most people don't know is how my brand became Unlimited Potential Basketball, and that was – driving in a car with you and Drew going, Hey, I can't call this shit train with Packy. If not, everybody's going to be training with Packy. Uh, <laughs> and right, you said, right. uh, you know, Hey, I feel like I got unlimited potential when I work out with you, you don't put me in a box. And that was it. I knew instantly that was, that was the name of the brand. And, uh, that's what we got to do. Yeah. Thanks. You've always dealt with labels, but I feel like you've always done a really good job of not letting what somebody labels you affect you. Um, it's not that it doesn't to some degree, but you know, everyone calls you, you know, a dunker or a power player, but you shoot the shit out the ball. <laughs> so you just like, yeah. you show it with your actions that you're not this. Um, and how do you, how do you deal with that? You know, in all aspects of life. Cause you know, labels just come up 
we all deal with them. How do you deal with that? Man, that's a, a good question, man. You know, they drafted me for, they said, what position do you play? Are you a power forward? Are you a small forward? I say, look, I'm a ball player at the end of the day. And that, and that's how uh, I'm sticking to that. And that's what the the game is going to. It's going to guys that are six foot nine or six foot eleven that can handle the ball, that can post up, that can knock down the tray, that can make plays for everybody. And that's just the that's the name of the game. You know, a lot of times when we talk about like you know mindfulness, mental training, and that work we do with that, it's always comes down to at the end of the day, can you be true to yourself? And I think that's also it can be expressed on the court as well. You know, like I I know. That one of the concepts that Graham Betchart's introduced is, you know, you're a human being first and a hooper second, but also that the in in some sense it it's kind of blends together on the court as well. Is you're expressing yourself that when you're your true self on the court, you're actually at your very best, and it's like an energy thing, uh, like you I can mean, feel it. I agree. It. That, that, that's a, uh, I mean that that's just how it should be, you know. Um, you know, be yourself. Uh, and, you know, let everybody um, fit their puzzle to you. You know, that's one approach. Uh, you know, I've really developed a, a kind of a glue mentality in this league and just being the glue for, for my team. So whatever. Uh, and that's kind, of, uh, that's kind of who I am as a person. You know, I, I do my best to hold people together. You know, whether it be my family members, whether it be my my uh, friends or, or teammates, and and that's when I've really been able to flourish. When I get everybody involved, uh, or when I'm making threes, I'm gonna make threes. You know, when I get an assist, I'm gonna get to the paint and kick out. Or when I get boards, I'm gonna go get boards. You know, so just being myself and being that glue, and um, for everybody, you know, just figuring out who you are um, as a person and seeing how you can apply that to your game. The NBA is a grind, and like you just said, this was one of the longest years ever in the history of you know an NBA season. What do you do away from the game for yourself? When I'm really on it, I'm doing my yoga, I'm doing my stretches, I'm doing my lifts, and I'm still getting jumpers up, still watching film. Um, but I'm watching movies, I'm playing golf, um, I'm reading, I'm writing, I'm playing dominoes, uh, I'm going boating, and I'm traveling. I'm uh, seeing family, uh, you know, just I'm cooking, doing uh, a ton of stuff, man. Just you know, regular making regular. music. Yeah, making music, reading, writing, starting movies here and there. Oh yeah, I mean, hopefully, man, hopefully we can shoot our own soon, um, and some documentaries. We got some good content on the way. Uh, we got some music coming out. Uh, shot a music video on my birthday, so that will come out. Uh, we have the uh, the entire documentary from the dunk contest and in the behind the scenes, and that's going to be pretty cool. Hopefully, that was directed by Ann Chapman, so hopefully we can get like a daytime for that, some type of award for that. It's it's going to be really cool. It's called like uh, it's either called Mr. Fifty or uh, Almost Perfect, and um, it's going to be it's going to be dope. Uh, I'm still. Uh, working on getting a studio out here uh, so I can continue to build up my media platform. It's called uh, Level Up uh, Music and Media. And, um, yeah, just so we can start to control the narrative. You know, we talked about this a lot back. I feel like this is why why you guys do your podcast, you know, so you guys can control the narrative and 
control some of the content and the consciousness that's being put out into the world. So, um, big things, man, big things. Yes, sir. You know, one question I got is, um, I've, I've been asked this by, by people for you. And I always like, I hate answering something for somebody else. So I just figured why not ask you it here? I've been asked, do you think you can play with like real stars, like, like next to a superstar or do you see yourself or does Aaron see himself as one? And I say, I mean, it's, it's both really. Cause like you said, you're a glue guy. So in my eyes, I've always viewed it as like, you're a star. You have all that ability in you. Um, it's just about opportunity and, and or situations. Like you've shown you could be that guy when, when need be, like you talked about the glue guy, when you need to get 30, you can get 30. When you need to get 14 rebounds, you can get 14 rebounds. And then can you play with someone like that? I mean, Vooch was an all-star. Um, so you can show you can play with an all-star. Like, I feel like you can do these things, but what, what's your take on all that? Oh man, it's, uh, it's not a, it's not even about all that. You know, I understand where people are coming from, but the name of the game is to put the most talented people on the floor, you know, regardless of position, um, you know, regardless of any of that, you put the most talented people on the floor and you're usually going to end up winning. So, um, just playing with all stars, playing with superstars, uh, that's just going to raise my level of play. Um, in Orlando, you know, we didn't see, I didn't see a lot of it, um, you know, just growing up, I didn't see a lot of it. Uh, Vooch was an all-star. He was an all-star last year, so that was dope. You know, that was the first time Orlando had an all-star since Dwight. Um, but, yeah, we, we weren't one of those organizations that had all-stars and superstars on the floor. We weren't practicing against them every single day. You know, um, like guys like in Boston, you know, you had IT. Um, you had Kyrie, you know, you had Kemba. Um, OKC had, had uh, them boys, um, the Warriors. You know, there's just a lot of teams that, you know, every single day you're playing and you're practicing against all-stars and superstars. Um, and the margin of skill and talent in this league from one person to the next is very slim. You know, everybody is a cold-blooded killer. You know, it's hard to guard somebody one-on-one in this league. So it just comes down to a matter of confidence. Once you see that you you can play, um, and you're practicing every single day with um, bona fide all-stars and bona fide superstars and Hall of Famers and legends, then you feel like, can nobody else guard me either? You know what I mean? So it's like on some days I'm better than these guys. So that's, that's confidence in itself. But at the same time, you know, I'm – I like to get other people involved. I'm a playmaker, man. I'm I'm very passive, you know. And I I, I love that's how I've always been. I love getting other people involved. I love making plays for other people. And so, uh, you know, I think uh, people like to play with me. Yeah, and people don't know Magic Johnson is like your like your idol. Like that was your favorite player. And you look at his game and how he plays, like. There's moments where you're trying to just be a six nine point guard and create for others and and get to the rim and just like do do that. Yeah, and it's gonna keep getting better and better, man. It's like understand the game, you know, just establishing uh, my playmaking ability. And I think, um, like I said, 
said, you know, if, if we were fourth or third in the East, you know, it would be a different story. So I'm taking that upon myself, and uh, we'll get there. Aaron, so much of being great and, like you said, playing at a high level comes from dealing with bad days or bad moments even in the game, right? So I'm curious. I think people would be curious to know how do you, when you're not feeling it or maybe you're not getting the results you want, let's put it that way, how do you work yourself through not feeling your best but still playing at a very high level? Uh, I understand that there's, there's 82 games in the season plus playoffs. So, you know, they come in every single day. Um, every other day you're playing a game. So you understand you can always get it back. You can always adjust. Um, but, yeah, there, there's definitely bad days. Like, I saw a bad day when we were playing Toronto in the bubble. You know what I mean? I took a shot from Kyle, and I was already having a bad day. You know what I mean? So, like, mm-hmm. was, I was off the court. So you got to figure out ways to just compartmentalize and kind of just uh, use those lines, use those four lines to be a sanctuary for you and um, and really work on men- sharpening your, your mental fortitude. Um, and it just makes you overall uh, a well-rounded person. Well, I was talking to, uh, I forget who I was talking to, but, um, you know, it's an it's a interesting uh, job that they're asking us to do, you know, and to play. Um, when you start to break it down and look at it from a different perspective. So when you're on the court, like you're some, you're supposed to manipulate the game. You're supposed to like deceive. Uh, you're supposed to inhibit other people from scoring. You're supposed to do all these like uh, tenacious acts. And um, then in front of everybody while they cheer and raw and everything like that. But then when you come back to uh, like outside of the lines, and back into everyday life, they expect us to be well-adjusted people. You know what I mean? So every single day we're going at somebody doing some, like, manipulative, like, pump fake. You know what I mean? Just trying to get around and, and like, fighting and chirping and barking and then come back and they expect everyone everyone to just be on their P's and Q's. Uh, it's not easy, man. Uh, guys need outlets. When you would talk about your circle, people that help you, um, you know, ha- find those outlets or have a voice or or somebody to lean on. What's that look like to you? Who are those people, and and how have they helped you? Oh man, it's uh my brother. Uh, it's, it's you. Um, uh, it's my friends. Uh, Graham. Uh, and then uh, God. You know is. As uh, vaguely as I can put it, it's my God. You know, just waking up, putting my feet on the floor and saying thank you. Being, feeling that, feeling the blessings, feeling, knowing that God is king. And um, and when, when I say God, I just mean whatever you believe in, you know, the way and um, present moment. Um, just abundance, you know, all, all, all those words. Um, I, you know, I talk to God. Yeah. And, you know, someone that, you know, uh, that I've seen has really stepped up and grown with you um, has definitely been Jordan. You know, like I remember mm-hmm. when Elise was transitioning to go back to school and not be your manager. You're like, I got this. And 
Jordan was out there going to school and I'd come out and be like, look, what's all this mail, all this stuff. And Jordan just kind of started assuming this role. Right. And (laughs) cause, cause like you said, you just, you laid out your day. It's full. You don't have time for some of these little things that can like add up. And so, you know, he's, he's really stepped up in a number of ways over the years and, you know, has helped you with your body and your strength and conditioning and, and managing that. And now helping manage you know the ag brand man jay white has been he's the real mvp bro like he's taking over uh level up media um he he's just he's a beast bro he's a beast and i've seen him grow no it's it's just been cool to see you know that relationship build and grow and turn from you know just your best friend to your business partner you know what I mean? Like that's your your right hand. Oh, facts, facts, and, and it's uh, you know, doing doing business with your friends is uh, is challenging at times. But um, you know, they're the most loyal people. He he, one of the most loyal people I've ever met in my life. You know, he's he's loyal to the soil for real. Ag, you know, I only got a, like one or two more questions for you, but really the big one is the people that listen learn something through the stories that people like yourself are telling and and you've gone through many experiences but for let's just say someone that is wanting to play basketball at a high level has the work ethic and determination but is there a piece of advice you would give them on their journey i guess the best one would be to play every day you know that's the biggest one if you play every day you're gonna put yourself in a rhythm you'll give yourself an opportunity to where when your number is called you're gonna be ready because you, you stay in the gym so just be a gym rat, love the game, love the game. That's what makes it, man. It's everybody's love for it. That's what's such a beautiful thing. So um, it, it would be that. And then uh, yeah, strengthen your mind. You know, your mind is, is your sharpest tool. You know, uh, soccer is football is played with, football, soccer is played with your feet. Uh, you know, football is played with your pads. I think basketball is played with your mind. So uh, just – you know, really strengthen that muscle. AG, what does your future hold? Oh, man. Uh, my future holds um, building uh, preschools, uh, K through 8, uh, 6 through 12 schools, uh, and universities. I love it. My last one for you is what's something you're most proud of? Man, I'm most proud of that uh, I'm still here, man. You know what I mean? I'm just proud. I'm proud to be here. I'm proud that uh, um, I didn't lose it. I, I haven't thrown it all away yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just proud that uh, that I've been able to accomplish so many of my goals, and uh, that I'm still standing strong. Awesome, and thank you, Edgy. Appreciate having you on and you taking the time to you know share your story and, and some insights. Yeah, thank you. No doubt. I love y'all, man. Love you too, man. I want to say thanks to AG for coming on today and being our final guest of the first season and for having known him for so many years now and just knowing his character. It was great to get him on here to be able to share a little bit of him with you guys. It's amazing all the work he's doing to lift up his community, and I know that work will just continue. I hope you all enjoyed the season and we were able to learn some lessons through these stories. I think one theme is common among these guests. You have to get your mind right to succeed in whatever you're doing. 
I thought it was great that Aaron learned how to overcome labels and he shows a willingness to play any position his team needs. He's a versatile person on and off the court from music to documentaries and understanding of mental training. I've been around him on and off through the years and seen his growth. I know there's a lot of great things in store for him. And he's right about meditation and overall mindset being so important to sports, especially in basketball. Managing our emotions is completely necessary in competition and in life. There is no on and off switch with it and look at it like training your mind as a skill set. The same way you lift weights, practice your shot, work on your conditioning, it has to be practiced and sharpened daily. And the more we own, focusing on what is in our control like our attitude, effort, being in the moment, and letting go of what is out of our control, which is pretty much everything else, the better chance we give ourselves and our team to win. Thank you all for listening this season. We have heard some great stories of resilience and learned a lot. Thank you to our guests for taking time out of their days to speak with us. And we cannot wait to come back in the winter with some more interviews, some awesome guests and things to share. Please remember to rate, review, leave a comment, share it with a friend, hit that subscribe button. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. Our show is produced by Ellie Lieberman and Bianca Turner. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Mental Buckets, at UBB Training, and at Pat Turn with three Ts. Special thank you to Bennett Christensen for the beat and sound engineering.